What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Georgia over Zoom video. Georgia was born and raised in London and talks about how she got into music. She comes from a very, very musical household. Her father is Neil Barnes of Leftfield, so she grew up watching her father perform. She grew up in the studio watching them record. She talked about going on stage at a very, very young age during a lot of Leftfield shows. She would be wearing their shirt and kind of hyping up the crowd. So Georgia was very fascinated with music and the music industry from a very early age. She started off playing drums, but she always kind of knew she wanted to be a songwriter. She's an incredible drummer, don't get me wrong, has played drums with a ton of artists. She even plays drums on uh, a new Gorilla song, or one of the newer Gorilla songs, so she talks about that a little bit. Uh, but we hear about her songwriting career. She went to Brit School, which is where like Amy Winehouse and uh, Adele went to, to school, so she talks about that experience. Georgia talks about releasing her first EP, Come In, and what it was like really showing someone the music she had been writing. That's been something she was doing in her bedroom. Her dad bought her a four-track tape recorder, so that's where she started to learn how to record music, but had never shown it to anyone until much later. She showed a friend of hers the batch of songs from Come In, and that was the first set of music she released. She talked about putting out her self-titled album. The success of her songs started out and about work the dance floor. We hear about her releasing the Seeking Thrills album in January 2020, so she had a little bit of time to to support that release. Uh, but obviously, um, a couple months in, the whole world shuts down, so she talked about that experience. And we hear all about the new album, Euphoria, how that album was put together. She recorded it in Los Angeles. That was the first time she worked out of Los Angeles. And we hear about how the song It's Euphoria came about, kind of sparking the creativity for this new album. You can watch our interview with Georgia on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Georgia. Awesome. Well, I'm Adam. It's very nice to meet you. Hey, Adam. Lovely to meet you too. Um, and this is about you and uh, your journey in music. And we'll talk about the album. Amazing. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, so first off, just talk to me about where were you born and raised? Um, I was born and raised in London um, and have never left London. Um and yeah, it's uh, the city. I live and breathe this city. You know, I've walked the pavements, the streets for uh, for a long time. So yeah. this is home. Um, and yeah, this is kind of I've got uh, my place here and my studio here. So I kind of work from here. But with this record, it was quite nice because I got to I got to go to Los Angeles to make this record. So. Um, it was nice to get out of, um, oh, use smart activation to turn on. Oh, now it's gone. My Apple phone's (laughs) being unusual. Um, 
yeah it's, I got to make this record outside take it out of London which was nice but yeah born and raised Londoner born and bred Londoner very cool was this the first uh album you've ever or record you've ever done outside of London most of them you do there yeah I mean for like most of my um most of my career now it's always it's been mainly set in london um mm -hmm. just because that's where my home studio is sure. um but this for this new record i really wanted to get out of my comfort zone and kind of go and explore the world have an adventure mm -hmm. and see how that would um you know inspire new new creative ideas mm -hmm. did you go anywhere aside from los angeles like we're try other cities or that's i mean um, obviously la is a nice a nice spot yeah. to, to record an actually, album no it was just la because um i i wanted to work with rostam for the uh, well work with rostam for this album and he was based in la but i think i would have gone wherever he was based to work okay. with him you knew that you wanted to work with him yeah yeah okay um so I mean, he's done so many amazing records like vampire weekend and Carly Rae Jepsen, uh, and obviously the list yeah. goes on and on, but um, yeah. Yeah. I can see why yeah. you'd want to work with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, he's one of the best, well, for, in my eyes, he is, he is the best, you know, he's kind of, he works with the most interesting artists, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, he, he just so happens to be, um, yeah, based in, the city of angels which i loved i fell in love with it <laughs> yeah and uh, you do come from a quite a musical household correct i mean your dad was in a successful group um yeah what was that like growing up i mean uh, aside from your dad is then is everyone in your ha household musical or obviously you get <laughs> some from him <laughs> we're like uh yeah we're like one of those musical traveling families um <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to think of johnny cash's wife's name june um, carter june carter the carter family yeah, yeah exactly um no it was it was just my dad um yeah it was it i mean it was kind of mad really my childhood mm. um because the band that he was in left field were a, a, were a dance rave band so it was yeah. like um you know the, the culture was quite hardcore and um seeing uh seeing that growing up was kind of exciting and also a bit like oh my gosh you know what is this um so as a result yeah I sort of had a quite an unusual um upbringing just being surrounded by loads of musicians loads of like my dad would take me on tour with him so i'd be like sitting oh, wow. with the crew backstage and just like hanging out on a bass bin just sort of like being looked after by one of the roadies you know i was kind of <laughs> yeah. very like just stuck in and uh, very occasionally i'd actually even make it onto stage um oh. they would bring me on stage and i'd have these little pink tails and a left field sort of top and I'd be like this mascot and I'd go like this. I put my hands up and the whole audience would do that back to me. You're like so, the hype woman. Like, I was the, like the, the flavor, hype, the little the hype flavor flavor. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I was like flavor flavor. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, 
I just really, from the get-go, was sort of, uh, like, enamoured by the world of music. And my dad would take me into the studio as well, and that was, I found that just so exciting. Like, what does all this equipment do, you know? I wasn't, Mm -hmm. like, sort of just sat in the corner bored. I was really, like, I was just so fascinated by it all. So I, I think you know it's it's not it, it, it's not a coincidence that I've become a musician. Um, yeah. I think definitely the upbringing of just being around so much music definitely had an effect. Um, and yeah, it was it was really incredible, incredible mm-hmm. to see. And it took you know it took us from living in a bedsit in in central London to ha- you know my family affording a house and like, you know, just seeing like where music can, how music can change your life, you know? Um, So yeah. That's interesting. So you kind of, I mean, you were around when his career really started to obviously change. I was literally born. I was born when they were going from underground to mainstream. So. Wow. Yeah, I I really did see as a kid, you know, I was like, yeah, it was kind of amazing to see, really. And obviously that whole UK 90s dance scene, like Chemical Brothers and Underworld, Orbital, Left Field, Massive Attack, Prodigy even, um, you know, they all went from like, being relatively poor musicians to being really wealthy musicians. Right, really successful musicians. Really successful, yeah. And um so yeah, it was it's it was interesting to to see that, you know, in fruition. And um, you know, it's not all look, it's not always the case, but um, you know, it was definitely quite like, oh, you can actually have a career in this, you know. Yeah, um, pretty inspiring, I'd imagine, to watch that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, really inspiring. And, and you know, it's. It, I think, though, as a kid, it, it all seemed rather mystical and magical. Little did I know how much work was actually going on behind the scenes, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, I think as a kid, I was like, wow, this just happened so quickly. But, you know, my dad and, and, and his um ex-business partner Paul who who they they started left field you know they had like six years prior to that of just like you know grinding right grinding exactly so it was quite it was quite interesting when I got signed um I sort of just thought oh this is gonna happen overnight you know like my dad Mm. And really, it was that's not the case, you know. So it's also it was a little bit of a double edged sword. Like I saw this kind of you know thing take off, and um, and I think I sort of saw the romantic side of it. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've 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 uh, had I, forgot, I think it was Anthony from the band Bayside. He was saying like when they got signed, like it, it's like you just kind of move from. He was giving an example of like Thanksgiving, like you're on the kids table or like a holiday. Right. And then you move yeah. to the big. Now you're at the big table. And now it's like, and now what can you do? Like here, here you here's the kind of you're at the beginning of the road now again. Like 
Are you going to yeah. be able to succeed? But how, I mean, so many bands get shelved or they exactly. can't do anything right. Once they get there, like just cause you sign the contract doesn't mean, you know, yeah. the glitz and the glamor and the million dollar checks and not everything else. It's just like, oh, here's your, now, yeah. yeah, I find it really interesting. Like I, I, something came up on my TikTok the other day, which was a lady. Ga- it was a lady Gaga interview. Mm-hmm. And she was saying like, I think it was like her second tour um or maybe her third tour with her first record she was bankrupt wow yeah you know it's like wild it's wild to think and you know you i i guess like we are thrown constantly like the glitz and glamour of of people's careers and like this has happened overnight and look how big Mm -hmm. they are but you you don't necessarily hear the the fact that it's taken them quite a long time you know right like the war stories before that right well exactly (laughs) you know it's like it's yeah it's it's um it's interesting really interesting Mm -hmm. it's cool that you actually were you know when when you were going to the studio and and seeing what your dad was doing for for a career Mm -hmm. and uh, that you that you were interested enough to be like, this is awesome. I want to do this because it could have went the other way, right? Like you like you said, you weren't just bored sitting there. You could have been just bored sitting there, hundred percent. Yeah, like, not wanting yeah. to do this, but you. It's awesome that you were inspired by it, and wanted to 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 to, you know, kind of pursue the same same yeah. career. It's really um, interesting that because I'm in the studio sometimes with, and then like my colleagues will bring their kids into the studio and they just they're just not interested in it at all they're just like right. dad give me the ipad you know it's like right. <laughs> that's too funny um obviously you're an amazing drummer as well was that the first instrument that you picked up i mean dad plays keys right he's a keyboardist yeah. in, in the group yeah dad yeah he he sort of plays a bit of everything really but yeah drums were the kind of uh, the first instrument that i kind of really took to like I just could sit behind them and it just made sense to me mm-hmm. um and uh from a very early age you know I, I, I kind of um at school um there was like music rooms with with drum kits in them and various other things and I just sort of I would take myself away and and get into the music room try and play them and then um yeah, it just kind of went from being, oh, I can do this to like, oh, now I'm going to I'm going to listen to drummers that I want to try and emulate or learn off and um, kind of developed really um, at the age of kind of 17, 18 was when I'd start gigging as a drummer. Um, but I never I never really. I always sort of thought that maybe I should have done grades or I should have really started, you know, I, I sort of, the drums are such a, I mean, like any instrument, you can really um, throw yourself into it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but I guess on the other hand, I always wanted to be a songwriter. So I was like, okay, maybe I can see the drums as like a way of earning a bit of money to to you know let me buy equipment to help further my songwriting career so I never saw myself really as a drummer 
you know oh, okay. i was just I, I saw it as a means to to sort of um get myself into certain music scenes in london but i i do often think like it'd be so cool to now go and like study drums you know like go to a music school and really get into it and um yeah because a lot of the drummers i love are like they're like they're at a point in their career where they're sort of relearning the drums it's quite an interesting point like yeah my friend seb rochford who plays for patty smith and various oh, other yeah he's he said to me i saw him the other day and i was like hey Seb, you know how's it all going he's like yeah it's really good i'm sort of relearning how to play drums and i was like this is a guy who's like 40 years <laughs> so of successful. Like yeah. absolute sort of like you know pioneering drum playing and he's like yeah i'm i'm going back to my kind of basics of paradiddles and da 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 and i just found that really interesting um so yeah but but it was always really songwriting that i was kind of interested in really when did you start that? I mean, I I did read that you went to like Brit school, which yeah. you know produced obviously Amy Winehouse and uh, yeah. Adele, Leona Lewis. Yeah. I think went there. But like, when, yeah. did you go to the Brit school as a as a drummer? Or when you went there, you kind of knew that you wanted to write songs. Like, when did that start? No, yeah, I actually went there on the basis of being a songwriter. We had auditions, and I I played guitar and I sang. I think a Joni Mitchell song, and I got in. Um, oh wow! So not yeah. even as a drummer. No, no. I mean, you know, it it was. It, it, yeah, I just felt like I felt like I was. That's what I wanted to work on, really, mm -hmm. the most. Um, when I went there, I was. You could do composition and stuff like that, and I was kind of a bit more interested in that than rather than playing drums for other people. So. Um, but I was really, I was, I was sort of, I was quite experimental in the Brit school. I don't know how much they sort of liked me because I was <laughs> a lot. A lot of kids were sort of, uh, you know, learning Adele songs and sort of stuff like that. And I would come along and be like playing Sonic Youth and like, you know, <laughs> a, like being a bit of the rebel. And I was sort of tarnished a little bit as being the an anarchist, maybe a little bit. But um, no, I was, uh, yeah, I began kind of really working on songwriting around that time. And it would go from like, like, I remember my dad bought me a four track um, tape recorder. That's how I learned uh -huh. how to record music. So I had oh, four wow. channels. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't and learn. record a cassette tape, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because okay. um, he, he was like, that's how I was. That's how I learned. I'm going to teach Georgia that way because and I'm really glad he did. He did teach me it that way because it it laid a real foundation down, you know, for then going on to the computer or whatever. But. Um, yeah, so I, I would have four tracks um, and in my bedroom, I'd set I'd set this little, you know, rig up. I'd have my microphone, maybe it also pointing at the guitar, you know, I'd mm -hmm. so. I was already kind of experimenting in my bedroom of sound recording and, and writing songs um, at kind of 16, 17. And then I've developed this web. 
sort of I had a drum kit set up in my room and um I would get, I would sort of um sellotape the mic to the sort of hi-hat stand in a way that I could get a level from from the microphone to record the drum kit really shitly but it kind of had its own <laughs> little thing you know um like I was quite into sort of Flying Lotus and that kind of hip-hop sort of experimental beat scene at a very mm-hmm. like around sort of being 17 so I thought I was being really cool because it was like you know it's kind of like lo-fi beats or whatever but it yeah. was really fun it was fun um fun sort of experimenting and I think they were real formative years actually mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's kind of and then obviously like, from there you know yeah so from there where did you just continue songwriting I mean I know you've you've played drums for a lot of people. Did that yeah. kind of take over, or were you always writing songs and putting out music as as an artist? Kind of, I was. I wasn't putting music that. out. No, I was all. I was just. Exp- I was too scared. I was too scared. Huh. I should have been, but um, I never really played my music until I was about twenty two or twenty three. I played it to a friend of mine, and and. And she said, this is really good. And she ran a record label. She was like, I'll, I'll put this out for you. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But 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 from my kind of like late teens to that point, I was um, I was just developing it myself in my bedroom. But yeah. And the, the way I was earning money was was session drumming. Um, and it was quite cool because I started playing with my friends called Quest and um, Alan Tamara. And they Quest was sort of part of this really cool scene in London. It was um, part of the record label Young, um, mm-hmm. which then formerly known as um, Young Turks. And Young was were signing some really cool artists, you know, the XX, mm-hmm. um, and they had like Jack Pinate and like there was Adele was kind of hanging around that scene too, Sampha, like the early days. Um and it was it was really cool because I got to sort of meet all of them lot through my drum playing. And then Quest um introduced me to like Mika Levy and like Mika Chu and the Shapes. And so suddenly I found myself in like this quite cool like London London scene you know with like really talented musicians and really kind of lovely people who you know went on to sort of become really good friends of mine and um yeah it kind of it was yeah it was quite cool how the drums sort of took me to 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 all these different sort of scenes really and then I finally plucked up the courage to play my music to people and every you know certain people it it was like this is really good g other people were like yeah it's cool you know <laughs> um but yeah I, I i i'm glad i played it to my friend you know because i could yeah. still be in my bedroom right i mean i'm sure way. obviously yeah they valid gave you some validation on the fact that what you're doing was really cool and like yeah sure you are an amazing drummer and you could continue to do that as a session drummer or play with force an artist or whatever yeah. but Sounds like yeah. songwriting has been always been your passion. Um, was that the come in EP, the first one that you put out? Yeah, it was. That was the that was the music that I played my friend, um, Cherish Kaya, who ran Kaya Kaya Records, still does. Um, 
and yeah, I, I played her those four songs and she was like, I'd love to put this out. And I was like, oh my God, okay, this is happening. Um, so yeah, that, the, that, that was my first, that, prior to, I hadn't released any music prior to that. Mm-hmm. That was the first, first music released, yeah. Oh, and then you put out your, the next, was it the next year that you did your first, like the self-titled album? Yeah, so off the back of that EP, um, I got signed to Domino. Um, wow. Yeah, and and I had the album ready, um, the debut record. Um, so when I got signed, it didn't take long to put out the record because it was already basically. Um, and yeah, Done. we put yeah, that out point. and yeah, yeah, put that out. God, it seems eight like ages ago, you know, that I put that out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and when yeah. you, like signing to Domino and getting then putting that out, I'm did that, uh, you know, like we said earlier, you kind of get moved to the table right now. You're at the table, yeah. Were you yeah. getting put on different tours, or like, uh, did you do a lot to? I would imagine you'd have to get out and uh, support the record. And was that yeah, a new endeavor we, for you? Yeah, it was quite daunting because I think when the record came, that record came out, it didn't quite do what we had hoped. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of, um, it was well-received critically. It got critical acclaim, but it just kind of, yeah, it didn't, it didn't reach certain things that we wanted it to. So it, there was a lot of like going on support tours and like driving around Spain, you know, right, right. <laughs> playing shows <laughs> all across the, you know, like really like, yeah, kind of grafting, touring. Um, and by the time that record came out, I'd already had ideas for Seeking Thrills um, wow. and a sort of, I'd already met Mark Ralph, um, who ended up helping me sort of mix and and actually produce Seeking Thrills. Um, so, yeah, it's all, God, I haven't looked back actually in quite a long time. Um, but I was quite like adamant that I wanted to start making the second, the 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 next record quite quickly Mm -hmm. and i mean that one came out in 2020 which there was a a pandemic if you weren't aware yeah that was (laughs) that was was tough that was really tough everyone who released an album that year i think felt yeah felt it um we were just was that like a delay in that or did you put it out before march we actually put it out on in on on january i think january like the fifth so I actually had about two months of touring. Um, That's good. So before before shutdown. So it did, but it did feel like a real um, spoiler. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Of course, party right? Super. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the person at the party that turns up and you just go, "Oh shit!" Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, um, it, like after, I mean, obviously it's great that you were able to support that, um, that album and everything. Like when you put out about work, the dance floor, was that like kind of where everything really kind of exploded for you? Or was that a song that picked up later? Or, I mean, even was started out, those are massive for you. I know it was really started out that broke me onto UK radio, which um, was really actually uh, an important aspect of the whole, of that whole campaign. Um, 
And then, yes, when About What the Dance Rule came, was released, it, it really, I think, kind of spiked, you know, they people thought, okay, this this girl isn't just like, it's not just a fluke that started out, right. has gone on, you know, this girl can write, she's got something. Um, and I think because that song has got quite nostalgic kind of references, it kind of hit all age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like at that, when I sort of, without knowing it, but that the year that About Work came out was also the year that the weekend put um, dun, dun, da, 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 dun, dun. Oh, is that, that? Uh, Blinding Lights? Blinding oh, Lights. So yeah. there was a kind of like a bit of an 80s sort of revival going on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think it just kind of hit that whole kind of thing, really. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 Still, when I play it, you know, about what the dance floor, people still love about what the dance floor, mm-hmm. even though the title doesn't make sense. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's. I get so embarrassed because it's like, it just really doesn't make any sense. I remember when I, I first worked with Rostam and he was like, how did you title about what the dance floor? And I was like, I don't know. They just allowed me to 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 name it that and I just thought why not and so many times people corrected me on the radio they were like shouldn't it have been called um you know da 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 like oh it's funny I, I, I still find it quite funny to this day I thought it I thought you were I thought uh, uh work the dance floor was something like when I first saw it was something you were ref- like you were like oh about it like, you know like yeah yeah you know what I mean like it was your well, response to whatever work the dance floor was maybe it is yeah yeah (laughs) and it was exactly it's like oh yeah we're about to work the dance floor you know yeah yeah or yeah Yeah. or like oh this is what it's this is this is all about work the dance you know what i mean like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) this is me writing about work the dance floor um so with this new when did you come out to la to work on uh euphoric i it's euphoric the song the first one you put out is such a cool like i I love the vibe of the song it's really good thank you so much yeah it was um well basically it was it was quite unusual because uh, so i was in la um well actually maybe i should go i should go back to the beginning so um in 2019, I wrote a song with Muramasa called Live Like We're Dancing. Mm-hmm. And um, after finishing that demo, um, Mur- uh, Alex's uh, friend, Kosha, who's a, who's a close friend of um, Rostam's, was in LA and played in the demo of Live Like We're Dancing. And it just so happened that Rostam got in contact with me. He sent me an, a, a DM on Instagram just being like, Hey, I hope you don't mind me reaching out, but you know, Kosha played me the, the, the demo of live like we're dancing. And I really love your voice. And of course, like I was like, Oh my God, it's Rostam, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is amazing. I've been such a fan of his. Um, and so we kind of kept in contact. And then in late 2019, I was in LA playing my first showcase. Oh, wow. um, and I had a few days to spare and so I just messaged Rostam. I was just like, hey, I'm in I'm in L.A. I've got a 
few days, can I come over and make some music? And he was like, yeah, sure. Um, and on that first day of meeting each other, we hadn't, you know, we'd only been like speaking a bit online. Um, we wrote everything you hear on It's Euphoric, that single is what we wrote in that day. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Even the vocals, the vocals that you hear on that. Were that, on that day yes, you recorded it that day? From that day. Oh, my God. So it was just like, it was quite incredible. It was for both of us. We were like, wow, you know, this is, <laughs> this is, this works, you know. Um, and that was before even Seeking Thrills came out. So um, I I left LA just being like, oh, my gosh, I would, that would be such a cool direction to take for the new record if if i asked ross down to do some new more music with me mm-hmm. um so yeah we just kept in communication everyone loved it's euphoric when i played them the demo and then from there on i i asked him i you know will you do the record with me please and then he was like yeah yeah that sounds like fun and then Fast forward two years, because obviously the pandemic hit. Um, yeah, and you just held on to it before. It was you knew it was yeah. obviously it's a it's a smash, and you yeah. wanted to work on an album with him, so you just saved it and and were like, okay, I'm just gonna hold this until I can yeah. work with him again to finish. Exactly. Continue, I guess. It, would be. Exactly. So I was like, that's really what got me through the lockdown. Really. I felt very creative because I was like, I knew I was going to go make this new record with Ross Stam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then fast forward to the end of 2021, I I, I was in LA I, and um, I was living in Los Feliz, kind of Silver Lake area and mm-hmm. going in every day to work with Ross Stam for the next two months. So it was like, yeah, it was, it was, it was the adventure I'd, I'd hoped to have yeah Yeah. when you went back i mean you said you were really inspired and obviously feeling Mm. creative and you were writing when you got back and Mm. even into the pandemic like when you wrote it's euphoric with him did was it just did you have the idea or was it like you guys just kind of created Mm. that song and then Mm. going back to 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 finish the album or continue the album was mm. it like now you have a bunch of ideas to be like, okay, here we go. Was that like kind of the difference exactly. when you went back? Okay. Yeah, that was it. Like it's euphoric came from nothing. nothing. I hadn't prepared anything that just came from me and Ross down sitting in a room, me coming up with some piano chords and him going, da-da-da-da-da. it was just like totally organic. The next time I found that I, I was there. Yeah. I'd, I'd come with a few ideas and just little kind of nuggets of, song ideas just so we could kind of yeah have something to to work you know on but but because we we knew it's euphoric had worked out so well we kind of I think there was like a trust and a mutual honesty and um a kind of excitement really Mm -hmm. from the get-go because we knew we'd had such fun making it's euphoric so so yeah, I, I I made sure though that I had some ideas, but nothing was finished. You know, I wanted everything to sort of has have his input or input in, and also to 
I've had sort of lyrics I wanted to keep until I was in LA because I wanted the lyrics to be affected by my sort of surroundings in LA. Oh, okay. So you didn't have all the lyrics done. It was just bits no, and pieces and ideas. Exactly. Okay. Just like little things like melodies that would kind of be like, um, da, da, you never know, you know, like sort of melodies that had some little. kind of, Lyrical content, yeah, them, yeah. Not, you know, um, yeah. And then we we both wrote them. Well, and I wrote most of them in in LA. Wow, and I love the the artwork for the album is amazing. The the vinyl oh, is you. really cool. I saw an Instagram video of you like signing a bunch of stuff. Does that yeah. on that first pressing? Is it all? You did you, are you autographing selective stuff? Like, what does that look like? I'm just curious for your list. Yeah, or your friendly actually, fans. So with the with the first, uh, I think 500 pressings or whatever, it comes with um, a Polaroid of okay. the album artwork. So I was signing those. So you yeah, get like yeah. a signed Polaroid, which is That's quite cool. cool. Yeah, we put a lot of work into the artwork. Um, I collaborated with um a, a really talented uh designer called phil lee who did who worked at excel records for ages and did a lot of the kind of classic kind of 2000s excel records um and actually he had he designed the first ep that i ever did which was just the georgia in black with the white surrounding. So oh, it was kind of like the, it was, the photo of you in the first one. Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. I was going to say it looks similar to that. I was going to yeah, even mention that yeah, it looks kind of similar, yeah. but obviously so, years prior. Yeah. So um, when it came to, he just suddenly had this, he, he listened to the music. He was like, gosh, this is like a Technicolor record. And then we kind of went from there. We were like, wow, it'd be cool if I was just like surrounded in aura colors. And the album feels very like that. Do you know what I mean? And um, I always yeah, it's like uplifting face. and just like the song. I mean, the song title uh, yeah. and the lyrical yeah. content to the music makes so much sense. It's just like, yeah, yeah. like you're in this like, la, like it's just yeah. like this uplifting vibe. Exactly. And I, I really wanted the art, you know, we wanted the artwork to 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 match the music. So, yeah, it was it was great to work with him. And uh, I'm so happy. Like, actually, a few days ago, I went mm -hmm. to my record label and I actually held a physical copy. And, oh, wow. Um, and it, it was just so incredible to, like, get to this point in time, like fast, fast forward, like three years. And you're like. It's in my hands. You're you know? holding it, right? I'm yeah. holding it, and um, <laughs> it's really cool because also the 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 sleeve is like this metallic color. Oh, really? So it's like it's really cool. It's almost like a mirror with these colors, and then my face on it. It's really. I'm not just saying that because it's my album. The artwork is really. It's quite cool. It's a bit like that XX coexist album when they had the mirror. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, um, so it's got that, but it's but it's colored met met metallic, metallic so coloring. It's, yeah, it's wicked. It's really cool. Really, and the cool. vinyl's pink too, which is cool. yeah, the vinyl's pink. I know I yeah. chose that pink color because that was the color that I sort of 
that kind of golden hour of LA where it's yeah. kind of like pinky orangey like I don't know it just it, it feels like feels like melted marshmallow or something like that Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean <laughs> yeah it kind of gives me even the pink is like you have that pink cloud feeling you're like oh this is yeah. like everything's great like this is yeah, yeah. I don't know and it kind of even goes along is the the album in like in full is it pretty um not I don't want to say it sounds like like similar but is it pretty uplifting mm -hmm. the, the, yeah. the whole album okay yeah it really is like Rossum and I were both in a state of like we we need to write an uplifting optimistic record you know because yeah. it felt like you could have quite easily come out of that pandemic and written like really intense like that's what I was music. thinking really sad stuff and you kind of yeah, went the opposite yeah. direction yeah and you know some artists did they kind of it was their introspective hour but for me yeah I don't know the elements of dance music I love are always the kind of optimistic meanings behind the behind the lyrics and the sort of um yeah uplifting textures in the music and I th both of us were very adamant of that like you know um people got to listen to this record and just feel you know uh, feel good feel good exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah well it's a, I, I love what you're doing thus far um and i think oh, i want you. i'm gonna have to pre-order that vinyl i was looking at it earlier yeah <laughs> vinyl. honestly i'm not just saying that it is because it, it, it's my record it is like genuinely i was like wow this is this is fucking cool you know yeah yeah and then you have so. shows coming up in no, in the end of <laughs> fall into End of, uh, yeah, summer yeah. Or, i mean winter i guess yeah i do i have some i have some shows coming up and we're kind of like you know building it up building it up to hopefully then next year doing like full-on full-on tours um so yeah but i'll be i'll be coming to america which i'm really happy about oh you are okay i was gonna ask yeah because this album i really want to I don't know. I just really want to tour America. I love America. Um, I loved my time there. And um, yeah, just the people and everyone. Because we went from California to actually upstate New York with mixing the record with Dave Fredman. So it was like we went from like sunny California to completely snowy, contrasting, yeah. you know. Uh, New York like, City, all, yeah. Exactly. Or, like, you know, no, we were in Buffalo, so we were, like, near oh, Niagara in Nor Falls. Yeah, wow, so, upstate. Wow, Like, yeah. upstate, exactly. So it was, like, completely contrasting weathers. And Rostam and I spent two weeks there mixing with De in, at Dave's studio. So it was just, like, I got to try. I got my mini adventure with this record. And um, <laughs> hopefully with touring, it can do the same, you know, take me on an adventure. I hope you I'm, I recently moved a couple of years ago, moved to Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm from San oh, Diego. Cool. So uh, uh, I maybe you'll come through the oh, South. Like, That'd be great. I really <laughs> hope so. I mean, I, I'm, I've, I've always wanted to go to Nashville, obviously, being a musician. It's the uh, epicenter, isn't it? So a bit, yeah, big songwriter yeah. community here. Big Johnny Cash, as you brought up earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, gosh, everyone, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely a goal to end up in Nashville. That'd be yeah. cool to see you here. Hopefully the tour will make its route to the south. But um... yeah, awesome. <laughs> I appreciate your time, Georgia. Thank you so much for doing this. I, this has been such yeah, a fun no, conversation. Thank you. It's been, no, it's so it's 
it's just great getting to meet people like yourselves and like I just I love this bit of the of the sort of whole campaign it's like people are hearing it and ask you know intrigued and it's cool it's really cool really exciting I have one more question but I actually really want to ask you something uh that I saw that you because you're on the gorillas record yeah yeah like I am yeah do, you did you drum on the record or like um because you're credited yeah. as a drummer right yeah so like that I'm a huge, uh, huge Gorillaz fan. I'm, I'm not sure. I would imagine you probably are and Blur and yeah. everything else that Damon Albert's done. Yeah. What was that like being asked to do that? Oh, it was amazing. It was like definitely, um, definitely like pinch myself career. And Peter moment. Hook was on it too, right? Did you? Yeah, the- and getting to getting to know Peter, getting to know Hooky was like. You know, I was just like, fuck, I'm sitting next to Peter Hook. Like, this is a <laughs> right. legend, you know? Yeah, it's like, right. And my dad, my dad was the biggest Joy Division fan. Like, huge. Oh, sure. Like, without Joy Division. So Joy Division was, like, played in the household for, like, since I was a kid. So it was like, I was really, I was That's actually amazing. genuinely starstruck when I saw, when I met Peter. Um, oh, it was amazing. It was just amazing to get to see the whole kind of gorillas operation and Damon kind of his talent in that, in that sort of project. It's incredible. And um, yeah, it was, it was like, it's great because once, once you've done something with gorillas, you're always part of the family and they very much see that as your, it's a family thing. So I feel very grateful to have been welcomed into that family. Yeah, pretty soon you'll have an avatar of yourself. (laughs) 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 Well, George, again, thank you so much. My last question for you is if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Wow, yeah, it's a hard question to answer, but um, just believe in yourself, you know, and I I think listening to to your gut, you know, and to your intuition, if something doesn't feel right, um you know don't you know just just follow follow your interest if something feels good go with it if something you know is like somebody saying stuff that you don't quite agree with and you know you don't have to agree with them I think just believing in your in your own lane I think is 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 important <laughs> 